Before we get started, I wanted to go ahead and highlight that this recommendation came from friend of the show, Jessica. We kind of forgot to cover that until later in the episode, but we wanted to mention that this recommendation came from her because she gave a donation to the Minnesota Freedom Fund and sent us her receipt. If you donate to a worthy cause, send us the receipt and give us a movie recommendation and we'll go ahead and add it to the list. Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking 2005's House of Wax. Before we get all the way into that movie, I want to use this time, uh, as we normally do, to talk about where your money should be going right now. And normally we plug uh, marginalized populations such as the trans, black, Asian American communities, uh, but would like to use this time, if you're not aware, please educate yourself on what is happening in Palestine. Find a way to support um, Push it back against your tax dollars being used to fund airstrikes. Anything you can do, throw some money to somewhere that could use it right now, uh, or even just get out and educate yourself, because it is a very bad situation for the people of Palestine right now, and it has been for decades. So not to, obviously, I always feel really uncomfortable about going from our here's where you should donate to, to immediately us making stupid jokes, but we are going to be making stupid jokes about a wonderful early 2000s movie. You guys, what have you been watching recently? Um, I've only watched two things uh, besides basketball for this since the last time we recorded, and that was uh, Fast Five, um, which is my favorite, Fast and the Furious movies. Um, and I also watched Freaky for the first time. Have you guys, ever, oh, have you guys seen Freaky? I have not. Not yet. I've wanted to. So it's the Vince Vaughn body swap movie um, where he's a serial killer and there's like a teenage girl and he goes to murder her with like this ancient dagger he found and they like switch bodies, basically. Uh, great concept. Um, probably 30 to 40 minutes too long. Um, mm, okay. And it's not at the end, it's just spread throughout the movie that it, it goes too long. Great concept, some some funny bits, um, worth it if it comes on streaming. I don't know if I would tell anybody to rent it. I think I gave it three stars out of five. Yeah, three stars out of five. Um, it's actually good to hear that, because for a while I had heard nothing but good about it, and I had I gone in with like insanely high expectations... I probably would have been a little disappointed. Yeah, Vince Vaughn is great in it, and everybody else is, like, fine. There are some good kills. There's some, like, chainsaw and, like, wood shop saws, because like, it's in a high school. Uh, so there's some good kills. Uh, but it's, yeah, I, like I said, it's it's probably a streaming movie. I don't think it's a renting movie. Okay. Yeah. How about you guys? What have you been watching? Um, so I'm, I'm sitting only at one movie, um, sports have kind of taken over with NHL and NBA playoffs starting. Um, my watch was the Mitchells versus the machines. Hmm. Ooh, which came out I haven't Netflix. watched that yet. Um, really good. Um, couldn't say enough good things about it. Um, there are a couple points that are a little, like, I'm too old to find this funny. Um, okay. 
But other than that, um, it was a real, I mean, it, it was just as, you know, just, it was on par with Cloudy with a chance of meatballs and onward. Which comparing it to Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, like that's a big selling point for me. Well, it's the same. It's the same guys. It's the same guys that did Cloudy with a chance of meatballs and Spider Verse. Yeah. Right. It's uh-huh. Lord and Miller. Right. I, so Lord and Miller were attached to production. Didn't somebody else actually run the show on this one? Uh, I could have it pulled up here. Give me a second. Uh, yeah lord and miller were producers um it looks like michael uh uh rianda is director with co-director jeff rowe okay if you put them together you got dirty jobs (laughs) both that's a mike this was both of their um first really first directorial movie or gig okay i cannot wait to watch it and it is on netflix so fantastic hey you know what else is on netflix jeff how's demon slayer coming along uh i have watched the first episode which is more than last time i think this is true we're on pace for uh (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hashtag restore Jeff having watched Demon Slayer. Restore? I don't know. You got to have a snappy name, and everybody's (laughs) using restore lately. (laughs) Hashtag the Norris cut. Yes. Let's get a GoFundMe going. (laughs) (laughs) The money goes to Riley and I, and Jeff (laughs) has to just try and... We, we are just going to be actively spending it, and Jeff gets what's left as soon as he's finished season one of Demon Slayer. <laughs> All right. So I watched, uh, since we've last recorded, I watched The Lodge for the first time, which was good and really rattled me and really did a lot of things I love in horror movies. I've frequently talked about how I like... Uh, addressing religious fanaticism in um in movies especially horror movies in general did not like that it came up with a it presented a very ballsy question partway through the movie and then answered that question within three minutes and didn't let it hang in the air and let you think that the story beats that they were creating were a potential option and they immediately closed those off and closed that thread which that was really frustrating to me because that would have made it a much more interesting movie compared to like, you know, we've seen the cult religious fanaticism thing a lot. And as I've said, I love it. But had we gone the direction this movie looked like they were going for a split second, it would have been incredibly unique and would have been great. I would have loved it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, still solid. And it still rattled me. Uh, Watch Stop Making Sense. Uh, at Screenland, which phenomenal, just the epitome of dudes rock. You get a group of people together, and as long as like a few of you are talking heads fans, it's going to be great because you're just going to have three guys screaming "Yeah, hell yeah!" while David Byrne is just doing big suit stuff, <laughs> just having a great time. 
Uh, Catherine and I watched Grease for the Backyard movies at Screenland, which I don't know if I had ever truly processed, like, how funny Grease is. And I don't know, like, I wasn't laughing at it. I felt like I was laughing with the movie because it seemed like a very, like, accurate satire of the movies it was trying to do. But Catherine did not think the things I was laughing at should have been laughed at. (laughs) I felt like it was truly, like, very funny. But also just some of the high schoolers that are, like, 50 years old (laughs) is incredible. Uh, And then, oh, yeah, and then I watch House of Wax, and that's this movie. Also have been deep diving into Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which rips it's nice. so good our friend of the show rustin he informed me that riley has fallen off of full metal alchemist i have uh, and um we did pick I need back you up, to get back on we it. did pick back up on my hero though um so Ooh, we're just watching I'm, I'm i'm two episodes behind on my hero yeah i mean i think that's about where we are we're 94 95 ish um yeah so we're just ro- at I'm this at. point we're just rolling with the english uh uh, dub as those come out. That's that's a good call. I a lot of things I like to I prefer watching subs, but I think my hero has a very good dub. Uh, I mean, you have Chris Sabat in there, and that's a selling point alone. Uh, I also think uh, Deku is far more dynamic if you're watching the dub compared to the sub. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into. 2005's House of Wax, a reimagining of the 1953 Vincent Price vehicle uh, with a 26 on Rotten Tomatoes, which we'll talk numbers later. But a brief synopsis, a gang of college friends, including Wade and his girlfriend Carly, are en route to a school football game. Oh, this blows my whole thing wide open, a school football game. Uh, When they wind up with a flat tire in a ghost town, they are forced to seek help in the only place that's open, the local wax museum. Once inside the spooky and seemingly abandoned building, they find the works on display are not quite what they seem, and the group soon discovers they're being hunted by the insane twin brothers who run the museum. With uh, Bob Zemeckis attached as a producer on this one, uh, so we've got, I've never known how to say her name. Is it Elisha? Alicia? Oh, Alicia. Oh. Alicia Cuthbert, Chad Michael Murray, Brian Van Holt, Paris Hilton, Jared Padalecki, Robert Richard. And, oh, hold on. Oh, John Abrams. Where's the other guy? Where's, uh, who plays Vincent? Brian Van Holt. Oh, okay. It only has him listed as Bo on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. He does both. Okay. Fantastic. So, this movie, before we get into what we like, what we don't, etc., etc., normal segments, few movies capture, like, the time period they were in more than this movie. An extremely 2005 movie. Like... It's just so... Also, this made $32 million at the box office. So it did fairly well for itself. Yeah. I'd like to see the bit on this one just because of how much practical they did put into this. Yeah. 
that I was not prepared for. But, I mean, so you've got the cast. You've got Chad Michael Murray, Jared Padalecki, and Paris Hilton, who, like, were some of the biggest uh, biggest American stars. This was Paris Hilton's attempt to, like, capitalize on fame beyond the sex tape and... Uh, simple Life. What, Eight Simple Rules? Eight, the Simple Life. <laughs> oh, okay. That's it. You got simple, though. That's yeah. Right. Al- Alicia Cuthbert is the star. She was also a huge star on 24. Oh, yeah. And I know her name from something else as well. Girl Next School. Door. What Both was those. that? She was in Old School and The Girl Next Door. Uh, Girl Next Door is the one that I uh, I know her from. She's Canadian. How about that? Oh, is it Cuth Bear? I believe so. Alicia Cuth Bear. Um, and that's something, you know, before we kind of dive in just everything about this movie, this, this is such a period of the time where every teen horror movie was like a showcase for TV actors trying to make it into movies. So like Alicia Cooper, (laughs) damn it. I didn't actually mean to do it that time. (laughs) It's obviously from 24. Chad Michael Murray was on One Tree Hill. Paris Hilton was on Simple Life, and she's Paris Hilton. Uh, Jerry Padalecki is on Gilmore Girls. And all all four of them were in those shows to, about two years before this was released. Well, you had, So you had Chad Michael Murray and Jared Padalecki on Gilmore Girls at the same time. You had Chad Michael Murray as bad boy teen heartthrob with a troubled family life on One Tree Hill. Jared Padalecki on Supernatural, uh, which is just horny well, as hell. Was he, hold on. Hold was he on, doing Supernatural on, at this on. point, though? He did it early. But a Supernatural has got to be after Gilmore Girls. I I think so. I think Gilmore Girls first. Yeah, well, go. So I wrote it down. Oh, so I didn't realize you were doing it. a timeline. Yeah, so House of Walks came out in 2005. One Tree Hill was 2003. Gilmore Girls is 2000. 24 was 2001. Simple Life with Paris Hilton was 2003. So, like, all of them had been doing TV for about two to three years. House of Wax was the springboard into Supernatural. Yes, probably. Yeah. Because Supernatural premiered in uh, September of 2005. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so they're probably filming this and Supernatural around the same Mm -hmm. time then. And so you've got that cast, and then you've got the licensed soundtrack for this movie. So you've got, I mean, Disturbed. They come out the gate with Disturbed, so you know you're you're on board for a great time there. And then, you know, other general butt rock, and then you close out with uh, <laughs> Helena by My Chemical Romance, which it was late when I watched this. And I shot like straight up off the couch when the credits hit. I and I heard that song. My, my reaction when I heard and that song came up like was, where the hell was this during the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a an interesting so like the the list is crazy on here because you have uh, the Prodigy, My Chemical Romance, Deftones, Disturbed. Blood Simple, Marilyn Manson, The Stooges, Harmar Superstar, Joy Division, Dark New Day, and Interpol. And that is, if that is not a 
2005, with the exception Murderers of Murderers Row Division. of 2005 bands. Yeah. Yeah. Joy Division notwithstanding, you know, mm-hmm. like, that is a, <laughs> a 2005 time capsule for sure. An alt metal. Oh, yeah. I a new metal, a baby. Yeah. And then there was something else I want. Oh, that's right. Okay. So there's not really a good place for me to pot this. I know it says school football game in the synopsis, but during this movie, they reference Gainesville many times, so it can safely be assumed that they are from University of Florida. Go Gators. Uh, But anyway, they're at no point other than... uh, So Gators played no... Louisiana school team in Louisiana and they only played LSU in Gainesville. So they're not traveling to New Orleans for any Gators game. SEC championship? Uh, So she references winter. Uh, They said biggest game of the year and uh, I don't believe were Gators in the SEC championship that year? 2005? I don't know. I was just just No, 2004. This would have been filmed prior to the 2005 season. So... I was texting our friends Brendan and Greg about this the entire time I was watching it because I wanted to save this for you guys, the full breakdown. So, anyway, assume that they're uh, University of Florida students and not some random Gainesville technical school. Could have been that. I could have been wrong. But if it's a school football game, why is the injured player having to buy tickets? He should be still be traveling with the team. So, if we're operating under that... Uh, Where does it say he plays for the team? Isn't, uh, isn't Blake a player who had just, who? like, messed up his knee? I don't, think it's, I don't think that's ever mentioned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm blaming Brendan for that one. Still doesn't blow a hole in my argument. Um, because... Anyway, in October, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Saints in New Orleans. She references winter, and, you know, she seasons are hard. You might, if you're from Florida, you might confuse a cold October with winter. Why not? It all kind of blends together in Florida. So anyway, she says she hates winter. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were just coming off of a Super Bowl win over the Raiders. And... I mean, it, the timing lines up. Why would you I, think it, the, if it's an NFL the Buccaneers, game? Wait, wait, wait. No. The, the Bucks. I think, they won their Super Bowl in 2002. 2003. Trust me, I, I looked Was this, it the 2002 oh, season, no, but they no, won in 2003? 2003 would have been the first Patriots one. What? 2002 into 2003 season. I would like to talk about how you thought a 17-year-old student was playing for the Buccaneers. No, not a player for the Buccaneers. <laughs> a player, I'm saying, he was playing for... Also, he's not 17. They're in college. Where does it say that? It can be assumed. She's going on an internship, which is true. Yes. So they, they probably are older than 17. But he definitely doesn't play for the Buccaneers. NFL championship no, no, no. two thousand three. I'm not saying he yeah. played for the Buccaneers. No, I, that's he was saying he couldn't be it couldn't be a high school game or college game because if he were an injured player, he's traveling with the team. Right. Also, 
I think Brendan just put in my head that he was an injured player. I don't know if it's ever actually referenced in the movie. <laughs> but, Paris Hilton, injured quarterback for the Florida Gators. <laughs> the they're just they're big Grudenites. They love John Gruden, and they will travel to go watch John Gruden coach the hell out of a like five and twelve Tampa Bay Bucks team. Some good sleuthing. Yeah. So, I, don't, I don't think you're right, uh, but... <laughs> basically, this all comes back to... I was trying to figure out if these idiots were Dolphins fans. Because <laughs> I did not well, want poor representation of my team and our fan base what, were dumb what's enough. What's funny is I think you probably got the game right, but I don't think the writers of this movie went that deep. <laughs> no, I'm certain they did not, but... How much of the writers of this have ever seen a football game? <laughs> From the way they directed that, like, that three-man game of, of catch and chase for some reason. <laughs> uh, were they playing that one playground game with the unfortunately problematic name? Oh, no. I think they were... Maybe they're playing 500. Mm. They're the mystery box, and the mystery is that they get murdered by... The mystery is you get punched in the balls. I was always that that kid who was a dick who would throw it and then not yell it until the person, like, almost caught it and then yelled toilet when it was someone I didn't like. (laughs) Okay. We're we're about to go down a Heston rabbit hole, so let's <laughs> go ahead and do um, let's get into what we like about this movie. Well, let's I think just you hit... mentioned yeah. Go ahead. So, I, Ty, I think you already mentioned the number one thing, which has got to be the effects. Yeah, I, I alluded to it uh, when asking about the budget. Fantastic do you want to kick us off? On... Absolutely, yeah. I because I mean that's like that's my wheelhouse. I love. I love practical and will go out of my way to watch a movie with great practical. And so it's remarkable to me that this movie wasn't on my radar for that reason. I have just, I've heard, I've heard people speak highly of this movie and it sort of become a cult classic. I forgot to mention this movie came to us from a recommendation from our friend Jessica uh, for making a donation to the uh, Minnesota freedom fund. Uh, we are still doing that. Uh, we will be doing that again for the next movie that we review. Uh, but anyway, so she she's a great example of somebody who deeply loves this movie. Uh, problems aside, and there are so many people who do. There there is a very vocal House of Wax community, and for for me to be entrenched in the horror community and hear all of this, but never once hear mention of how good the practical is is remarkable. So I was completely blown away by some of the stuff we got in this movie. Um, one thing, I mean, I love the practical too. One thing was, um, when they take off Vincent's mask, is his side of his face, is that CGI though? I couldn't tell. Or was it practical? Because I thought it looked CGI'd. I'm like, well, that's weird. And I was like, why would they CGI that and they make everything else practical? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a lot of CG going on during that time, 
And it could have potentially been because of the, if that was CG, I would attribute it to how much fire there was in the, uh, yeah. in that big final set piece. The, I think what really set the tone for me, and I knew we were going to be getting something fun effects wise, was when uh, Bo just goes for it and cuts the tip of her finger off with the oh, yeah. uh, Gundam clippers. Uh, just fantastic. <laughs> the, the nibbers. Yeah, I, because I was like, when when she was sticking her finger up there, I was just like, this is going to set the tone on if it, it will either show us or it will not, and it will set the tone for the gore in the rest of this movie going forward. I mean, I agree with you that it absolutely goes with the tone, but I think the tone is set in the first, the first cut, which it, is what... Yes. Okay, so the the are you talking about the cold open? No, I'm talking about the Achilles cut. Oh, the the Achilles, yeah, Achilles cut happens that, first. Didn't it? Oh my yeah. god, I forgot. Which is I think, so I, Did we also get the face before then? No, the face is after. Okay. It goes Yeah, Achilles, we definitely got the Achilles cut first. Achilles finger so, then face. Yeah. So What's funny is, um, in talking with this movie, my wife and I had seen this movie together a long time ago. Really? Must have been college. I don't think we saw it in theaters, but uh, I think we saw well, it. In, yeah, you wouldn't have seen it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, so, I mean, we, we saw this, and what's funny is the scene I remember from this movie is the Achilles, and the scene she remembers from this movie is the finger cut. And when I told her that we were watching this again... She was like, is that the one with the finger cut? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And she's like, yeah, you can watch that by yourself. <laughs> this, was not a, this was not a group rewatch for her, yeah, for, her for sure. And that, at least like as a horror fan, I can say all three of us are, it, that is a benefit to this movie. That, I wouldn't have expected coming into this movie that we got gags in here that like turned away the larger audience because this movie seems like it would be something that this being the early 2000s cash grab that you're going for you're hiding a lot of those kills and the gore and this movie goes for it i have a broader question i know we're kind of jumping around so this movie came out in 2005 um saw came out in 2004 but this movie would have already been started you know, in production and et cetera, before Saw would have come out. Um, so it's hard to know if we could really say that, like, Saw influenced this. But I do think it's interesting that such intense, painful gore, and there's a lot of gore in this movie that feels really, like, I don't want to say hopeless, but it's a different kind of gore than, like, Scream. This movie right? is or, mean, whereas Scream it, it is, is not. Yeah. Yeah, it is there is there is no levity in this movie once it gets to the killing, right? Like once the right. Achilles gets cut, it is straight balls of the wall, you know, brutal horror, right? And so right. like it is a like you you hit on an earlier tie which like this brings you in like a mainstream movie, right? It's got mainstream stars, it's got 14 heartthrobs and Paris Hilton. And so, like, they were definitely trying to bring in a teen crowd and then went full shock horror with all of the showing and gore. 
So um, I was doing some research, and I had been wondering while we were talking about this, and you were talking about how it may not have necessarily been influenced by Saw. Um, I so I looked at movies that came out in two thousand three, so right before you really would have gotten the production cycle of this movie going, at least to the point that you are creating your gags. Right. You might have had a script, but you're not. You know, I also don't think this was somebody's passion project that took years to get together. So it probably happened pretty right. quick. So you, in 2003, you had House of a Thousand Corpses, Wrong Turn, and High Tension. So I think, I, I think the most, my first question was, did a French extreme movie come out uh, right before this movie? And I saw High Tension did, which I think totally tracks. I think a lot of the gore that this movie tries to do is influenced by uh, some of what you get with the French extremism. And then Wrong Turn also is one of those movies that is just, yeah. Shout out Wrong Turn Gang. Yeah, big Wrong Turn Gang. But it's one Bailey of those and movies Brent, that's just number like, one and number two fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that's gross and weird and me and truly mean. Uh, and so is House of a Thousand Corpses. That's a very mean movie as well. So I think all of those influenced what we got here with uh with house of wax what happened (laughs) (laughs) i think i think our skype blacked out it did oh no we can hear you now yeah you're like we're just gonna keep and that was how it was with house of a thousand corp and then we all stopped talking (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then your video came back like this distorted video stuff. Where it's like my drop, my Magnum Dong, like <laughs> like he's Christopher Walken. <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about? The distorted video oh. thing on Twitter. I just <laughs> I don't know how to do the distorted voice. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, you're just you're just your distorted voice turned into Christopher. I love Walken. French extremism <laughs> movies. Love the goal of French extremists. Everybody. I turned into Bernie Foo Sanders, fighters. not Christopher Walken. <laughs> he took a finger. <laughs> that was good. And chopped it with some garden cheese. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm going to give it a try. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. I, re- I, I really thought Ty was Sanders going to go for fine. a bit there. He's like, okay, I'm going to try it and just go, hello. <laughs> Shinji baby. <laughs> hey, it's you- me, Christopher Walken. Can we you know me from movies Sleepy Hollow and Pulp Fiction. Hey. <laughs> Can we release this as a uh, a separate cut? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this clip will be put on Twitter. <laughs> All right. So Anything else that you guys have that this movie... Well, we didn't even get th- all the way through the effects before we derailed ourselves with a bit. Uh, but the <laughs> pulling the uh, pulling the face off of Jared Padalecki oh, and fuck. like eyes rolling back in his head. Ones. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Oh, I don't know, though. Um, Chad Michael Murray just murdering his friend. Yeah. Just pulling his head off. <laughs> well, but his head was already off. Yes. Like, he already died. But still. So he didn't was know he that. dead? What, they he chopped had his head off. Oh, that's decapitated. Right, that's right. That's and then right. you see his eyes move like a like a dead chicken or something. Yeah. But Chad Michael Murray and Les Cuthbert don't know he's dead. Yes. So they still It has to the same day, effect on the uh on the character, which I like. They still yeah, they still think they broke his head off. To this day, those characters still think they killed <laughs> Chad him Michael him. Murray. That's why Chad Michael Murray go. hasn't been in anything. <laughs> he will not act again. <laughs> not since I ripped my friend. Chad Michael Murray just looking at his hands. Just these things can never. I can Chad never Michael use Murray these again. Tries to turn himself in for murder every Friday at LAPD. <laughs> and he like only wears gloves now because he's like, if I take these off, I don't know what'll happen. <laughs> These hands are only good for one thing. <laughs> These hands. All right, hold on. Another bit. Chad Michael Murray going to turn himself in at the police station. Hey, I was on the <laughs> Gilmore Girls. I killed a man hey. with my bare hands. You gotta hey, arrest I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you, take me off the street. Hey, Sergeant, baby, it's me. I killed a guy. (laughs) Again. (laughs) And my dad, he killed a guy, too. You gotta arrest him. His name's Dan Scott. (laughs) Chad, Chad, you come here every week. Quit wasting my fucking time. (laughs) This might be our dumbest bit we've ever done. Also, Chad, Dan Scott died. <laughs> we all know that. He did? Oh, oops. <laughs> One Tree Hill spoilers. I thought you knew that. No, uh, Catherine might have finished the series because she's moved on to Friends, but I definitely did not know that that happened. I, at least I think so. I think he kind of makes peace with everyone and then... Which, what a... Dumb character to try and give a redemption arc to. Also, I'd like to touch back on when you called Lucas Scott the bad boy of One Tree Hill. He is a bad boy. Both no, the Scots no, are no, bad no. Boys. He is not a bad boy. He is a good. He's a good guy that broods. He's very brooding. He is not a bad right. boy. Okay. I don't know. He does some bad boy things every now and then. He has the bad boy image, and everyone thinks he's the bad boy. When really, right, Nathan's but the that's bad his boy. whole character. Like, that's the whole it, crux of the show. Right. Nathan turns into a caveman. <laughs> Nathan just turns into Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, you know what else this movie do- did right? It launched <laughs> the sport of MotoGP. That is right, folks. We're MotoGP, talking about Paris not Hilton Racing without team. this movie. Yeah, Maverick Vinales, who uh, didn't didn't Vinales win the opener this season? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, won the first so, race of the season. Raced for Paris Hilton Racing Team back in his Moto Three days. Yeah, sixteen years later, Paris Hilton created a champion. Well, a, a race winner. 
Yeah, true. Okay, well, not a champion. Wait, a champion of a race. He, he might be Moto2 champion. And in that sport, they, they count those championships as being a champion. So, Either way, very funny that a international, like, high-level racer raced for the Paris Hilton racing team. All right, do we have anything else other than how much the music rules? Uh, were there any other good kills we wanted to touch on? I I think you hit diminishing returns after the face peel. Like stuff is good, but your your peak is getting the face peeled off. Um, well, there's really there's really only four kills, the, right? The Paris Hilton kill was pretty good. Yeah, oh, the Paris okay. Hilton kill was pretty good. I wish they would have done. Uh, I wish they would have given like a real kill for Blake. Yes, because you only really get you show him with a knife in his neck. And then he I don't steps know. That was pretty knife. mean, though. Yeah, he steps. He stomps the knife into yeah. his throat. So, okay, something I had a question I had regarding the Paris Hilton kill. She gets full on like the the spear goes through her head. Right? Am right. I remembering right? And uh-huh. well, it then because... tries to imply that she is still alive when the burning is happening. Huh? What do you mean? There she's is not a... in the. She's not in the burning. That blonde one. No, that's a a separate. That was there in the beginning. Okay, I thought because I had always seen maybe the blonde Uh, one because I had always seen people share that image when discussing Paris Hilton being in this movie. Definitely not Paris Hilton, though. I think that one's there at the beginning. Yeah, I think it's in the. I think it's one of the first wax figures they look at. That it's in the dancing, and then there's the two sitting there, and then they go into the like dining room, and there's people sitting there. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff is right there when they go in the first time. Hmm. I could have sworn people might be sharing it, but they might be sharing it incorrectly. They could be wrong. Well, well, we have a podcast, so we're smarter. Right. All of my movie (laughs) takes, like that, the Dark Knight is bad, are correct. I will say. There, there is a specific contingent of movie Twitter that definitely talks about movies they saw 15 years ago and have not seen recently, as if they are experts on that movie. And like, I sometimes wonder if people do that, and they're like, "Here's a still from House of Wax," and like, I wonder if they've actually seen House of Wax. Recently. That's fair. I also, I'm pretty sure maybe one of those people I saw sharing that was Paris Hilton. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I do you... I, I don't follow Paris Hilton. So. Well, I don't either. But it get it gets passed around. Paris, so Paris Hilton's Hilton. tweets get passed around on your feed. <laughs> Who are you following? That's no, passing she's around referencing Paris a horror movie. I follow a lot of people in the horror community. Of course, it's going to show up. Whatever. Moving on. What did this movie not do well? I'm going to go look at Paris Hilton's Twitter, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. Does she still have uh, Twitter? Yeah. Man, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm She has a podcast. I'm grappling it. She has 17 million shows. followers. Oh, well, send some of those our way, Paris. <laughs> Paris, come on the pod and talk about Hasselwax. We'll do it again. Talk about Can... MotoGP. <laughs> God. <laughs> Paris Hilton, do you like anime? 
We'll trade pods. You can come on ours and we'll come on whatever the fuck this is Paris pod is. God, can you imagine how her audience would react to the three of us? <laughs> All right. We could we could make it like a simple life crossover and be like, we actually grew up in a small town. Would you like to hear some stories? <laughs> we spend an hour and a half talking about watermelon rolling. <laughs> It's our, it's our key. I'm telling you what, if we ever get famous, I'm going to use that anecdote all the time. Absolutely. It's one of my best anecdotes. As you should. <laughs> now, Before Jeff, we... you used to play some weird games in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we move forward, I also wanted to talk about something else this movie did right without even knowing it. Years before this person hit the political stage, uh, but Bo has big time Matt Gates energy. That's true. Do with that what you will, but uh, they both belong in prison. <laughs> I think one's going. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just thought you were going to have a better joke. I don't. I don't have a better joke. You know. (laughs) Those guys are bad. Am I right? I I just, I couldn't describe. You know who's bad? (laughs) I was trying to come up with a good thing, and then it got away from me. But I'm, okay, okay. Welcome to our new segment, People That Are Bad. (laughs) Kellyanne Conway. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> we we go full SNL SNL narrator. People Mark who McCloskey. Are Eric Trump. <laughs> okay, but no, I I went with that because I couldn't quite describe how this energy is, but like Bo coming out of the funeral home, like when we first meet him. Huge Matt Gates energy. Oh, he when he see he gave he gave me big had gross sex with his mom energy. <laughs> you know who's bad? <laughs> <laughs> I've been on mute for like thirty seconds trying to calm down. <laughs> That's just gonna be our new text chain as well, <laughs> with nobody saying anything. Somebody's just gonna chime in. You know who's bad? Vladimir Putin. Say what you will about my approach there. I gave us something beautiful that's going to last our group text until the end of time. (laughs) Okay, what does this movie not do well? What's bad about this movie? Uh, You know what this movie does bad? Um, Okay, so I I do have a thing for this. Um... And I think it works well for the first thing that's bad, because <clears throat> I think it's interesting. Uh, so Paris Hilton's in this movie. I don't really have a problem with Paris Hilton, necessarily. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I think she's bad, um, but she's, <laughs> she's you know, she's not great, but I don't, I don't hate her or anything like that. But there was a very, it was a very specific segment in time that she was on this movie, 
<clears throat> and we can talk about the campaign because yeah. I don't think we hit that yet. For, for people but, who aren't aware, I'm going to just drop that in real quick, not yeah, go, go deep it. into it. But this movie literally ran on the ad campaign, See Paris Die. So it was capitalizing on the whole, like, the zeitgeist being just it being cool to hate Paris Hilton. Right. And I'm pretty sure the House of Wax, like, title, I'm pretty sure is Paris Hilton, right? I think uh, so. Yes. Like, if you go look at the the House of Wax like, poster, I'm pretty sure it's Paris Hilton. Going now. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's supposed seen. to be. Right. So, what I wanted to say in terms of what this movie does bad or whatever is Paris Hilton's performance, to me, is very clearly broken into two pieces, which is pre-her getting attacked, and then... Like her, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. her character before then, and then her performance as a scared person running away. Mm-hmm. And I don't think her, char- I mean, her character is a believable, like, who she's trying to portray, like, uh, the dumb friend who, like, is just there, I don't know, I to was give the movie say, sex appeal I've, kind of thing. I've seen <clears throat> worse performances than this. Well, what I was saying is, like, I think her first, ha- the first half of her character is fine. I don't think it's any worse or better than any other role exactly like it in other horror movies exactly but i actually do personally think the scenes where she's like running away and scared and like the body language there like i actually think that's very believable and i thought the scenes with her running away and her kill scene were were really compelling and i think sometimes this is the thing about critics of horror that i don't like is I think sometimes people say, like, acting in a horror movie is easy. Like, all you have to do is scream and run away. And I really don't think that's true. Like, I think... <clears throat> I mean, I think... Does it have the same scale as, like, a high-level Oscar drama? Like, maybe not. But I don't know that it's, like, a kind of thing that you can say, like, doesn't take any skill or talent. So, like, I was impressed that Paris Hilton's, like, scenes where she was running away... <clears throat> I thought she did a really good job. I thought she was very compelling. She was a, a person that you, like, wanted to get away, even if you didn't like her or the character very much. And so I just wanted to say, like, that was something that... The first part is something that I don't think this movie does particularly well. I think it's fine. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. But I did think she actually did a good second half of her character once she got attacked. Yeah, and I... The cast being what it is and the movie being what it is, the all of the roles and performances are ridiculous, but none of them I felt like really were that bad. The only one that I thought was a little hammy was Chad Michael Murray in the beginning. Yes, and <clears throat> I, my note in my notes says Chad Michael Murray rules LOL. Because <laughs> he's just like being this angry, bitter Florida dude. And it's like, I get it. That guy's out there. A lot of those guys are out there. This guy listened to a lot of Eminem. Yeah. But just like, just a guy who's being a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he's like, you know what? Wade's okay. And then Wade dies immediately after mm-hmm. he says it. Which I thought was a great bit, by the way. Yes. Where they're like, yeah. I like Wade. Wade's a good guy. And then Wade just immediately, like, seconds after they say that, Wade dies. So, some other stuff, like, the cast, or the performances really weren't that big of an issue for me. But what was almost, like, unforgivable for this movie was 
the inability to frame a shot because tight framing in almost every single shot you had most shots characters taking up at least their face taking up at least half the screen if not more and everything just felt so cramped and and just pull like push together let that breathe like pull your shots back a little bit your effects are good enough to look good up close so it certainly i mean and you can even go tight on the effects but the dialogue like back it up the entire first half of the movie it was doing this before anything had really happened yeah i agree i especially thought since like the the little town they build you know where it's all it's all fake it's all run by machines they're all like creating it like they're extending the wax museum like i would have liked more long shots of that like give us a, mm-hmm. a sense of the scale like obviously it's like a two block town but i don't know like it, i agree with you that it, it did feel closed in for how expansive mm-hmm. they went with the effects yeah and they just did not i'm i love that you brought up the sets of the town they did not let that be the character that it should have been like mm-hmm, definitely really give us a sense of place like you guys put this together like you have these sets it looks great it's a cool world do something with it let us see mm-hmm. all of this stuff and i mean a lot of that just comes from there weren't a lot of early 2000s movies doing that anyway uh-huh. <clears throat> um, I'm going to bring up a movie, and you're not allowed to steal it when we do this later. Okay. But you know what this movie reminds me a lot of? Even though the, the vibes are different, is um, Crimson Peak. Have you guys oh, seen Crimson I Peak yet? I have not seen it. The Del Toro one? I don't one? think so. Yeah, it's Del Toro. It's like extreme dark fairy tale shit. Um, but a lot of, like, that was a very expansive set a lot of like piece design, etc. And while this was like a, obviously a very different vibe than that movie, like <clears throat> that was like that was a movie that like the house was a character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that I felt like they could have used the town as a character like you mentioned, Ty, and I just felt like they they didn't do what they should have with it for sure. Yeah. Something in general to the pacing in this movie is bad. The second half of this movie is truly good and fun, but the first half, it doesn't build to it in an effective way, and it's just boring. It's so, like, it commits the cardinal sin of just being a boring horror movie. Just do more. Like, I, I looked at the time. It's almost the exact halfway point when the first kill happens. Yeah, I feel like... <clears throat> a good horror movie either needs to open with a kill if you're going to let if you're going to do all that world building or whatever like you have to like start with something like that or I kind of feel like you need to do almost like a third of the way in the first mm-hmm. kill needs to happen because yes. well, otherwise I think you run the risk of of losing especially when the the character work isn't like that compelling yeah you know you're just getting if you a, lot had of, a like, compelling just story gonna... it's different it felt a lot like a shitty teen show knockoff yes right like didn't this feel like yeah i kind of felt like that was going to be coming from that cold open because when the movie throws in something like that like with the kid you know bo screaming and vincent just looking at him and not showing vincent's face and just this like really like uncomfortable and uh trying to set the tone scene 
and then you get nothing after that. Like, it's the cold open, and then it cuts to the modern-day story. Nine times out of ten, a movie that does that is doing it because they're saying, we know at least the first half of our movie is boring. So we want you to know that something's coming. Yeah. I also felt like, I don't know, the twin thing Unnecessary. is yeah, it, it felt really ham-fisted. Even more unnecessary to add a triplet in there. <clears throat> yeah. Riley, what did you think about, like, all well, this, like... and to touch on that, like, all the... The knife going through the wax model of the twins. The... Them falling back onto each other in the same mm-hmm. way. Um... I I just didn't really care for anything outside of the um what we talked about and what it did well. Um I thought you had those high points and then everything else for me was lower than what you guys are saying. Yeah. And then something I wanted to mention, we didn't really touch on it, but you talked about it just now, um with them falling in each other in the burning house. The the practical work on the house melting itself when all of that wax is melting and they're slowly sinking as they're running through, incredible. The CG, CG is very bad on that. But I, we didn't mention that specifically when we were talking about the practical, and I would be remiss if we didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the two practical effects that I like the most, <clears throat> other than the kills, because the kills are mm-hmm. fantastic. Like I said, that Achilles cut has lived in my mind since I saw this movie. Um, but there's another thing where like the, the statues start to melt Mm -hmm. and you realize there's like the bodies or the skeletons Mm -hmm. underneath. Like anytime a figure gets hit and you realize there's a body inside, I thought it was such a fun bit. I don't know if it's a bit. Like the movie theater scene? Yeah. I I really liked the movie theater scene. I might come back to that later. Same. Oh, man, I forgot we did those segments. I'm going to have to think of something really quick. Um, So anything else? I'm looking through. uh, I don't. Okay. I I actually want to build on um, on that final scene, because I think what the the CGI being so out of place and so bad uh, in that final set piece, I think, is an example of a movie where they did a lot of really great things with practical but then the story beats got too big and they couldn't successfully do it with practical anymore and then just had to throw in bad CGI to cover. Which is a thing you see so often. Especially in that era. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is other movies that make that mistake and end, fall into that trap don't do their practical as well as this movie does. I think if this movie was all CGI, I don't think it'd be a very good movie. No, not like I don't all. think we would really remember it the way there, we do. It would not have anything. There's nothing to write home about if it's all CG. <clears throat> yeah. Also, wanted to mention, love that they named uh, the mask twin Vincent. I thought that was a nice callback to the original House of Wax starring Vincent Price. Got it. I thought it was oh, like Vincent okay. Van Gogh. Oh, I didn't think about that. But yeah, I um, that's immediately where my mind went, having that's Vincent Price be. having starred I in actually, the I really want to watch the old one. I thought about I watching the old one I wanted to do it before this, for yeah. this episode. I know. 
<laughs> just only watching the old one. <laughs> yeah, like what do you what do you think this movie did well? Well, I really thought Vincent Price knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days we're going to do that, but two of us are going to have to be in on it and watch the same movie and then leave one person out. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be the person left out. I mean, <laughs> there's no I wasn't going to say it, but we all know. Oh no. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead. Unless you guys have anything else this movie does not do well, uh, we can go ahead and move into our segments. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go ahead. Standout scene. Standout scene for me, uh, the movie theater scene. Um, I feel like, uh, well, I'll say this. Outside of our final house melting scene, um, I'm going to say the movie theater scene. Um, like what we just talked about, um, I, I feel like you get a good sense of people, of the figures getting shot or blown up, whatever you want to say, um, and seeing how old some of these bodies are that are trapped inside of there. Um, and I really like the tension that it builds, um, with her sitting in, like, you can kind of see, like, to figure out what's going to happen. She's going to be posing as a figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy that. So that's that's going to be my standout. Great pick. I am actually going to go with the finger scene with the grate just because there were scenes that were better practical. Like, obviously, like are you the best... Are you including the uh, super glued lips? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the... Uh, Obviously, the face peel is the coolest, like, it's not necessarily a kill, but coolest scene. But for me, there, it takes a lot anymore to get me to squirm and, like, really, like, recoil while I'm watching a movie. And anything with teeth, fingers, or fingernails, those are all ways that can really get me. So... With her, like, you know it's coming, and you don't know if this is a first-time watch. You don't know if the finger's actually going to get cut off or not. And then it just happens so quickly and nonchalantly. It's perfect. I love what they do with that. Yeah, I'm I'm torn between um, the movie theater and the Achilles. Um, I think I have to go with the Achilles just because uh, it's so gross. Um and the Achilles tendon is like, goddamn, like one of the worst fucking injuries you could have. Oh, you should um, watch Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Actually, uh, Jeff, have you seen the OG Pet Cemetery? I have not. Oh no. my god, that's that is the Achilles scene that is the standard. That's the gold standard of Achilles scenes. I don't know. I will. I will give it a shot. That I, the Achilles and the finger both make me squirm. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I think that's why, and because that has stuck in my memory as, oh, House of Wax, isn't that the one mm-hmm. where they cut his Achilles tendon? Like, that's the only thing I could have told you about this movie until I did the rewatch. I don't know that I could have even told you who was in it besides Paris Hilton. Yeah. So I have to go with that just because for me, that has stuck with me for, for so long. Actually, something I wanted to mention, I forgot about this. Going in, and I think it's why the Achilles scene didn't hit me as hard because I knew it was coming. Obviously, you know there's an Achilles scene in this movie, 
but I didn't know the finger scene was coming. And until he pulled the clippers out, I thought he was just going to stomp on it and you were going to see it break. And that in its waiting for that made me squirm. And then he got the clippers out. I'm like, all right, here we go. Oh, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Let down scene. I think the whole, I don't know, the whole open until they get to, like, basically camping is really boring. Yeah, definitely. And they, like, try to, like, I don't know, like, I get you have to give your character some depth, and so, like, there has to be some conflict or something with, like, her going off to New York, but, like, I just I just didn't care about any of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they could have done to do it differently, but, like, everybody was playing all their characters so big. Yeah. Um, I was like, just chill out a little bit, everyone. <laughs> so I think that, I think the opening, I, I mean, I also don't personally love the kids in the high chair. Yeah. But I think that's, it's obviously supposed to make me feel uncomfortable. So, yeah. like, I don't like it, but I don't think it's bad in the way that I think the open with them like building sure. those characters is bad I, I'm gonna, I think i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna go with yeah the, the the first third of the movie there yeah just that entire first third uh for me i'm going specifically the camping scene where it keeps intercutting with the camcorder we didn't talk about that at all oh yeah but i hate I hate that it does the whole like character with a handheld camera thing. Also, he's like that archetype of character. Jeff, you mentioned that in our group text. But also, just why try and bring in elements of found footage here if you aren't going to commit to it at all? Like, there's right. there's no right. purpose. And then, and then make a point of it at the end Yeah, that he took the camera. Yeah, there's nothing, like, cool. What you getting out uh, of like, there? Like yeah, they they framed it to be like a cli- like a like a cliffhanger almost. Yeah, maybe they were with and with the third brother. Maybe they were trying to have him go and get the camera back for a House of Wax too. But yeah, but there there's not even any there's not even like a secret on no the there's not. They see their friend get impaled through the head, and that's basically the only like kill thing that happens on the camera. So I just I wonder if there was a different idea there that got cut. Had to there had to be something that was because there's no thread to pull that through. Maybe there's like a like a Vincent doing a Christopher Walken impression. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You know who's bad? Yeah, Vincent just in the mirror. Just you know who's bad, <laughs> Vincent. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean I don't know. Like I said, I think this movie is mostly fun, but some of that stuff is just it's just takes a really long time to get going. All right, let's do our Jeremy Gleason MD award. Who do you want more of, or who did the most with the least here? More is to make instead of the twins making Vincent just a single big bad, mm-hmm. I think would have been more interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's where I'm going to go with. I don't really want more of any of our main cast, so. No. 
Here's I'm, what I would have had them do if I could have them do anything different. If they're going to do the whole thing where actually both twins are bad and you think Vincent is the bad one, but Bo turns out to be the worst one, there's not really a period of time where we see Vincent as the really, really bad one because mm-hmm. they both start killing like almost immediately. Like they, they kill like very close to each other. So like there's not a period of time where you're like, oh, maybe Bo's the good one. You know, right. for, for very long, because then you find out they're both bad. And then you find out at the end that, like, oh, Bo, Bo is supposed to be worse, but it's not like he ends up doing a worse thing. Yeah, and they you know also I mean? still murder the hell out of Vincent. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't, I think there were just some ideas there that, like, maybe they filmed first and they just didn't get to close or they tried to film whatever the other attachment would be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I just wonder if this movie has a very different like I don't know, mythology to it that just didn't make it to screen. Yeah. I am actually I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with the mother because they they talked so much about how like, you know, this was part of mom's plan and we finished mom's work. We got none of that. We only yeah, definitely ever having saw more mom, for influence. Yeah, we only ever saw mom making a wax mask for Vincent. That's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got the sense that, like, Vincent was good with wax, mm-hmm. and Bo was the one that wanted to kill all these people and embalm them, and Vincent went with it. Because he's like, I told you, like, this is what mom would have wanted. Yeah. It's so, like, I couldn't tell if, like... But then, again, that's the whole, like, good twin, bad twin thing. But Vincent still, like, fucking murders people and encases them in wax. So it's yeah. not like he's yeah, doing I mean, he was, Yeah, he will. was still trying to kill them at the end. He's not blameless Well, I guess he, he, they killed his brother. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of, like, misplaced stuff in this movie. I, I think the person that I would want a little bit more of is... Um, I don't know, like, Blake wasn't in this at all. Like, I kind of thought yeah. they were setting up his character to be bigger. And of the five, he has almost nothing to do other than, like, complain they're not at the game and try to bang Paris Hilton. Yeah. And that's, like, his entire character. So I thought it would have been interesting if, like, he would have gotten to do more. Because I feel like I recognize him from other stuff. But yes. I don't I don't know what else. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, like, I don't know, maybe maybe a little bit more of him. So he didn't do the most with the least but I do think I would have liked to see his character flushed out a little more. Oh, for sure. That's also what this award is for. Let's go into... Do we want to do ratings and then picks, or picks, then ratings? Let's do picks, then ratings. Okay, let's do it. Jeff, start us off here. Okay, so like I said earlier, uh, the vibe is very different um, in terms of... I mean, there's not as much gore, obviously, in this other one, but Crimson Peak is a very, like, set-driven movie where there's this entire, you know, house that's, like, kind of living and shit, um, and there's just, like, some sinister underlyings with, like, with the place. So, like, I think the the setting being such an important thing here and all of the intricate things they did with effects and design is the comparison between those two. I think that's a good pick. Riley. I I might save that one. I don't know if that's going to get picked right away. 
I am going to go not with the first one. I am going to go with Jeepers Creepers 2. Oh. Um, because it features more of a... It's more of a high school ensemble versus just Justin Long and whoever accompanied him in that first one. Um, yeah. For sure. Also, obligatory mention that Victor Salva can rot. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. What, uh, what did he do? Oh, man. Well, uh, Victor Salva's a big-time diddler. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's... <laughs> you know who's bad? <laughs> you know who's bad? Victor Salva. Victor Salva. <laughs> All right, so my first pick, and I'm going to go with one that had a lot of big ideas and is arguably probably not a good movie. It's a movie I don't like, but I love reading about because I love the lore to it. And I'm going with the uh, 2001 13 Ghosts. Not the OG William Castle one, but the 2001 version. It's a good pick. Jeff, second pick. Um, my second pick is another gnarly teen slash college group or horror, um, also from the mid two thousands. I'm going with the ruins. Ooh. Um, because the ruins is another example of a group of people out of their element with who are brutally assaulted by whatever is out there now the ruins is about killer plants so it's not people but i still think like the kills and the shit that happens in that movie with the gore is very much a piece with what happened here in house of wax have you seen that one time oh i am a big time ruins stan okay i okay. love the ruins gotcha riley second pick all right, I'm going to go with a movie that I got big-time vibes from House of Wax, but this is a better version of House of Wax. Um, it involves a brother luring in a group of teenagers into a deserted area uh, to find that they're doing uh, demented oh, things. Oh, I know where you're going And here. I'm going with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. There you go. Yep. God, a much much better movie to watch. Um, now, are we yeah. talking OG? Yeah. Okay. I and I just wasn't sure because I mean there was do... one that came out right around the same time. The right, remake. you could do that one to fit the aesthetic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if you want the a better movie, go with the OG. Yeah, I mean, truly, I would love for us to give the full treatment to OG Texas Chainsaw sometime because it is one of my favorite 70s Absolutely. horror movies. I think it's so much different than people remember. And it's like the perfect, like if you ever want to feel just like humid and uncomfortable watching a movie, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> is, that's your pick. All right. So my second pick, I am going to go with, I had it picked out. Oh, you know what? Okay. Another, uh, Another mid-aughts, late-aughts movie that has some really f- fantastic kills and practical work. I'm going with The Collector. Ooh. Have you seen that one, Jeff? 
I I am familiar with it, but I don't know if I've seen it like all the way through. Both of you guys would really enjoy the collector. It's basically uh, Saw meets Home Alone. Okay. All right, Jeff. Final pick. So I think the vibe of this one is different, but I think it is a very similar like grab every hot teen actor we can find um, and put them in a horror movie, and that's I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Um, and so that's like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Ron Felipe, uh, and Fred Prince Jr., and Johnny Galecki of Roseanne fame oh, yeah. and Big Banky. So Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Big Banky. Um, <laughs> I just said it wrong. Sorry. Um, so that one obviously doesn't have like the same meanness to it. Like I know what you did last summer is much more in like the scream vibe without the meta like funniness to it. Um, so I think it is, it's a different vibe, but I think that there is still this like ensemble teen thing that goes with what happens in House of Wax. All right, Riley, All right. final pick. Um, so for, I have I have number three, and then do you want me to save? I do have an honorable mention. Go ahead and give it with your uh, okay. number three. So number three, we mentioned it earlier, but I have to put it here, and that's wrong turn. Yeah, for um, sure. Very similar beats. Um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. going with wrong turn. Yeah, and we we love wrong turn here on the podcast. Don't we, folks? The whole bloody series. <laughs> All right. So my third pick. Oh, sorry. Oh, honorable yeah, you mention. Didn't, sorry, yeah, you didn't give your honorable mention. Go honorable ahead. mention is a is a mid to another mid two thousands. Well, I guess it's technically late. Um, this is a two thousand eight. Gives off very same vibes. It's definitely a horror movie that was a was one of those that. You probably saw it on TV versus seeing it in theaters. And that is, and I think it also has some good practical work from what I remember. Um, that is the movie Splinter. Ooh, God. I don't know if I know that one. Tyler and I watched that one together, but like all, like three quarters of the way through, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. Um, <laughs> and I just, I don't know why, but I remember not having a good time when we watched that movie together. <laughs> It's, I forget. I think I, I had gone in with my hopes too high. Right. Yeah. It's, de- it is definitely like a sci-fi channel horror movie. Got it. Like doesn't quite have the chops to make it to FX. Mm-hmm. And I had heard nothing but good about it going into it. So I like, that caught me for a loop. Okay. My last pick before we move into ratings, another very mean movie and also, uh, like, this movie is not a fun watch. Riley, I just lost your video for some reason. Um, I think I did that on accident. Anyway, this movie is not a fun watch, uh, but it is mean as hell, and it is a group of teens being attacked, and I'm going with Wolf Creek. I don't think I've seen that one. Wolf Creek, is it's one of those that it was like, in the hostile Hills Have Eyes wave um, that came out, like, just the early early 2000s, like, torture porn movies. But this one is mean as hell. And it's just, like, a dude from Australia 
it's the movie that people think uh, Your Next is like a secret sequel to. Um, but this, uh, yeah, this just like Australian survivalist dude that begins hunting a group of teenagers. And it's mean as hell. Gotcha. All right. Anyway, let's wrap up with ratings and then get out of here. Jeff, give us your score. Um, I think for me, on a five scale, this is three out of five. Um, and I would probably say it's a six or a six and a half on a ten point scale. For me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a step lower. I, I'm gonna say five or five and a half. Yeah, and I was sitting right there at six, and it's a firm six. I think it's a great example of a movie in this range that, you know, it's not winning any awards, but it's very fun, and it knows what it's doing effects-wise. So I, I feel like this is as good as a six can be and potentially pushing into that six-and-a-half range. It's, it's, I, like, it's like a six is as far as effects can take a movie on, it, on their own. Yes, exactly. Right. I think also some of these movies, like, it's so hard because part of the movie is awesome, and then part of the movie sucks ass. For and so sure. So it's like, how do you how do you balance out those? Like, is it a seven for the last thirty minutes? You know what I mean. But it's a four for the first hour fifteen. Exactly. You know. So that's I think where the hard part comes in. For sure. Anyway, overall. Great, uh, great example of a fun early aughts horror movie with just some fantastic practical effects. Uh, thank you to our friend Jessica for recommending this one. And if you also make a donation to a worthy cause right now, send us the receipt and a movie recommendation. We will add your movie to the list of reviews. Anyway, as always, thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Bye.